Hello and welcome once again to another podcast episode of Two Men Talking. Those two men being Stanley and Fred, their discussions may make you laugh, may touch your heart, sometimes may even drive you a little crazy. One thing's for sure, these two continue to talk. Controversial conversations that never end. Hello, this is Jordan Rich. And today, two men take on a question uttered thousands of times a day across the globe. What's new? Stanley? My original impression was nothing is new. But then I thought about it, and maybe maybe there are some things new. You know, I like music, so I think of music when I think of anything. And in 1939, a guy by the name of Bob Haggett wrote a song, What's New? And if you want to cry, listen to Linda Ronstadt singing What's New? And one of the lines that begins... Pardon my asking, Fred, how's the world treating you? That's the opening line. So I give it to Fred now with that opening line. How's the world treating you, Fred? The world is treating me well. However, there's a lot that's new. Let me start off with the mood of our nation. I think the mood of our nation is mostly pessimistic and not optimistic. You ask a lot of people, what is the long-term future look like? And I think they're fearful that our superpower nation is perhaps rotting from within. I think popular trust in virtually every American institution, from businesses to government to churches to newspapers, it keeps falling to new lows. Public debt soars, uh, the middle class shrinks, welfare dependencies deepen cultural arguments worsen year by year. You know, we have a celebrity circus. Look at who our influences are. The Kardashians, entertainers that use four-letter words. I think that is new. Um, I also think there's a threat, we've talked about this before, to the American dream. Look, we have the highest incarceration rate and the lowest eligible voter participation rate of any major democracy. So I think crime's up, divorce is up, abortion's up, and scholastic aptitudes are down. So that's, that's my thoughts. So I'm reading this week that a previous mayor, the Basio, is getting divorced. I don't understand what the whole commotion is. We live with Rudy Giuliani, was married to Donna Hanover, and he announced publicly before he told her that he was getting a divorce. So I wasn't excited about that. The stock market is up. Uh, last week it was down. Uh, there's some talk that impeaching Biden. But we went through um, Trump. We went through Trump, possibly uh, Clinton. And we impeached Andrew Johnson. That goes back to 1868. Tell me what's new. I see um, women today wearing miniskirts in the streets of New York. I'm reminded of Bridget Bardot back in 1956. She appeared in the movie and God created women, miniskirts. It's a different woman, but I don't, I don't really think um, anything is new there. There's big articles in the newspaper this week about the weather. New York flooded, but they forget about the 1938 hurricane that wiped out the, the shores of Connecticut. We had uh, Sandy. There's still in New York, 
building and rebuilding to recover from Sandy. That was 2012. So what's new? I think the four-day work week is new. I think that's going to be with us for a long time. And I think artificial intelligence, that's new. So that's uh, that's really um, my interpretation. Nothing really is new. When you live long enough, everything repeats itself. I am impressed with the four-day work week because I think that's very significant to change our um, our way of life. And um, that, I think, is really new. I always wondered how can an author in today write a new book with a new idea? Every week there's a new book about Abraham Lincoln. And so I think when it comes to reading, I have to say we are exposed to new thoughts and new ideas on a constant basis through through books. And what's really big news is uh, uh, Fred and Stanley podcast. That's new. What do you think, Fred? You mentioned politicians the possible impeachment of Biden. President before him, Trump, was impeached, I think, twice. We know what happened to Nixon. We know what happened to uh, Clinton. If you think about statesmen, and you would know this better than I know it, the last great statesmen we had were Truman, Eisenhower, and Kennedy. Think of their presidencies. There was no talk of impeachment. As World War II wound down, no one predicted that America would soon become, let's say, the institutional country that it was. Business was peaking. Uh, We developed many new and exciting businesses. Yet today, our spirit is complacent. We're a country of conformists. So what happened? Why do a lot of parents fear that the American dream, which they were solidly part of, uh, why do they fear that it's not going to be there for their children? I think today optimism is connected to self and social media. It used to be optimism was connected to your family, your school, houses of worship. And the advancements in social media have also created an environment where um, self is more important than the group. And so that, well, no, no, to me, that's new. People used to talk about the American way. Uh, We liberated Europe in World War I. We did it in World War II. You fought in Korea. Things have changed, and that's new. I don't think America has the, the, the fortitude or the willpower to uh, make certain commitments that it made in the past. Hey, what's new is globalization. Globalization is a result of communication, is a result of technology. So we're a global country. What made us exceptional might be uh, falling by the wayside. We live in a cycle that will all come back. Patriotism will reappear, decline. That's just a cycle. We will go back to all our feelings and just go. People are negative. People are positive. We're living in a negative time, but that will all change. We lived in negative times before, and people became optimistic, and people will become optimistic again. So, so you and I live in New York City. 
Every day when we're walking in the streets, we see homeless people. Some of the homeless people have problems with drugs, mental problems. The, the city is overcrowded with um, illegal aliens. That's a huge challenge. Almost as difficult as solving a Rubik's Cube. And I think behind each problem lies another problem, which has to be solved first. And then behind that lies another problem. Nobody uh, is willing to talk honestly about certain problems that we have because of political ramifications. What do you do to solve it? What do you do to solve the homeless problem? Like, what do you do? I, I can't come up with a solution. And that's new. We didn't have 10 cities in Los Angeles and Seattle and homeless people 20 and 30 years ago. Why have they come to the point that they've come to? And how do you solve for that? Right. I, I'm confused. I'm going to unconfuse you. Okay. For every problem, there's a solution. I don't have the answer at this very moment. There's a solution for the homeless. There's a solution for the illegal alien. And eventually, those problems will be solved. There was a time in this country when there was enormous unemployment, there was depression, and someone came and solved that problem. Eventually, we will solve these problems. We're going, someone's going to appear who will have the right answer, because there is a right answer. It's just like you go to the doctor, he says, there's nothing wrong with you. You say, I have this pain. But you go to another doctor, he says, look, um, you have this rare disease. Have you ever been to another doctor? So for every disease, there's some doctor who's sophisticated. And for every problem, somewhere in this city, someone will pop up and solve the problem. You mentioned doctors. I think doctors are a great example. You know how difficult it is today if you have a problem and you need to go to a doctor that's called a specialist, how hard it is to get to that doctor, how long a wait it is. Before you can go and they could treat you, you have to go for a consultation. Why do you have to go for a consultation? Because the insurance company that's going to reimburse you needs to see certain forms, be able to rationalize that you qualify to be reimbursed, which is interesting because you've been paying insurance medical insurance from part of the salary that you've earned. Why is it so complicated? Why can't the average citizen that, that has a medical problem, why can't it be addressed and why can't it be addressed quickly? Because we've become really sophisticated. It wasn't like that decades ago. And it, it wasn't later, it wasn't like that because we didn't have social security, we didn't have Medicare, Medicaid. You call the doctor's office mention my name and say, I'm going to give you a check when I get there, and I'm not going to charge this to my insurance company or the government, and you will have an appointment tomorrow. Let me jump in here and ask a question to both of you. This topic, what's new, doesn't it reflect how we look at, quote, the good old days, whether or not they were as good as we remember them or as bad as they may have appeared at the time? How do you put things into perspective, Stanley? Well, what you say is true. The good old days were always the good old days. The good old days had the best restaurant, higher quality Broadway shows, maybe. Um, the movies were better. But that's how we put things in perspective. Those are good old days. 
whatever one perspective you want to put it in. But I, we always think of the good old days. People were funnier than they really were when you talk about them. People were smarter than they really were when you talk about them. So those were the good days. Yeah. So my saying is the difference between science fiction and reality is science fiction has to make sense. But let's talk about middle-aged people. The average middle-aged person in America today, they look at their thin savings account and they look at their uh, zero pension funds. They look forward to their social security and they try not to dwell on what a burden their old age could become. Then all of a sudden, seniors separate into their own leisure world. What's that huge uh, community in Florida where the uh, zip code, I think, is the largest in America? I forget what it's called. The villages. Um, the villages. The villages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They take a look at the lost virtue that they had in their youth and while they're trying not to think about the future. I think that's, that's how things are different. That's how they've changed. Stanley, you brought up de Blasio. Okay, the former mayor of New York City, New York City, a very significant city in America. Do you know that he's now a professor of uh, two schools at Harvard? Some of the smartest children in our nation die to get into that that school. Uh, I also read where he's dyeing his hair a different color and he's divorcing the love of his life. I think she was the head of a um, some social uh, improvement entity in New York City. And I, I also think certain funds disappeared. What is that? I mean, what, <laughs> what are you picking on poor de Blasio? He's crying. He's getting a divorce. I don't think that's relative to um, the condition of the country. I mean, that's... When one of the oldest, most esteemed educational institutions in America hires a mayor that was arguably one of the worst mayors New York City ever had. That sums it up for me. <laughs> uh, Fred, did you know Vincent Napolitari, who was mayor in New York? He was the worst uh, mayor ever had. No, maybe. What's his name? From Tammany Hall. Uh, so let me ask you this. Years ago, people, aged people, you know where they live? Middle class. They live with their daughter and their son-in-law. Okay? That's what happened to aged people. Today... They're getting Social Security. They're getting pensions. Unbelievable that some of these couples who are retired and getting a pension and Social Security are living on $100,000 a year. Years ago, they would be living in the basement of their daughter's house with the dog. I think if I can just <laughs> if I can just suggest the best quote of the entire podcast you may not have meant it to be is what's new the podcast featuring two men talking that's the most new thing I can I can cite but uh, Thank the, you. the fact that you guys <laughs> are arguing about things like de Blasio's hair color is fascinating to me and I didn't know is he a blonde now or a brunette No he's just I think he's eliminating the gray something you would never do Stanley no, I need it to pay. <laughs> if you're going to do it, do it all the way. You've been listening to Two Men Talking, controversial conversations that never end. The podcast geared to men, women, and everyone in between from 20 to 100. Anyone who loves living life to the fullest. You can subscribe and download Two Men Talking wherever you get your podcasts. And Stanley and Fred would love it if you left a multi-star rating and review. 
We thank you and hope you too can find time to walk with a good friend.